With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Crunching the numbers. Thanks to Hume Tennis and Community Centre a mini Melbourne park in Melbourne's north, which has tennis for everyone. Perfect for coaches and players if you're coming from interstate to train and compete. Close to Melbourne Airport with accommodation available. Find out more at humetennis.com.au. Hello and welcome to another episode of Crunching the Numbers. This is Stephen Huss. I am here with my colleague and friend, Chris Tonts. Chris, how are you tonight? I'm good. How are you doing? Today's podcast we're going to share with you is we're going to look at the... Uh, a lot of the statistics that the WTA and the ATP put out, their year-end stats, and we're going to look at, I guess, mainly serve and return statistics, uh, but we'll also look at uh, tournament count, match wins, and perhaps some of those statistics were a little bit surprising to me and I think will be to our listeners. Now, I will uh, hand it over to you, Chris, because you have done all the research for this, and uh, I'm just a bystander tonight. I can't take any credit for this, but I'm happy to uh, add my two cents when you would like it. So why don't you get us uh, started off on uh, WTA and ATP year-end match stats? Okay. No, thanks, Stephen. So, so yeah, I put the men versus the, the women um, just to see, like, maybe what's different and also maybe some other things will kind of stand out. And what I did was – the women's side, the men's side, they they just give the top 100 players, uh, the men's side. But the women's side, you know, you could get a person that's 600 in the world and they played one WTA match. And I tried to go it out, only the top 100 players. And on top of that, I wanted to include Barty in this. And she's only on the WTA this year. She only played 11 matches and then retired. But I just want to show like she consistently is the best server on the, was the best server on the women's tour. So anybody over 10 matches on the WTA tour, I included. So, but it was mainly for Barty and everyone else has played more than 10. But the, the first thing that, that I get a lot from, from, from parents and from juniors is, is the first serves made and the parents, some of the parents tell me like, I just want them to to get the serve in. They're miss, you know, they're they need to put more in play. They're missing too much. And it turns out it, there's in the women's game, and and I feel like this is a little bit in the juniors until you start getting a little bit taller. There's kind of an inverse relationship. So the more you make of first serves, maybe the less you win. So the way I describe it is, if I if I told you to tap in ten serves, you could probably make all ten but perhaps you would win two or three. But if I told you to go for 10 aces and you made one, you'd play with hundred percent. So every year, maybe I'm more on the women's side, you start to see the people that put the, the highest first serves in, they generally are kind of lower at the bottom of first serve points one. 
And so every so this is a, two years in a row. I think Madison Brangle is a really good friend of mine. She has some some wrist issues that don't allow her to hit her serve. Uh, first serves in play this year. She she made seventy five percent last year. I think she was at seventy four, and she won fifty five, uh, which would put her at number one on the women's side. Uh, on the men's side, a guy like Sebastian Bays. I think I'm saying that right, Stephen. Yeah, Baez, yep, or Argentina, I think. Yeah, and so he put in 73% and he won 64, um, which wouldn't put him anywhere close to being in the top 40 for the for the men. But again, he, what surface is he probably playing off? I had to guess, and he's from Argentina. Um, he's probably playing more on clay, which could be a little bit more of a neutralizer. Um, so anyways, I, I just want to show that like sometimes – if you put in too many first serves, it all, it could affect how many you win. So you want to find that right balance. If, I know you've worked with some players, and I'm not going to name them, but um, a really good one too. And sometimes she would struggle with her first serve percentage. It would be like 54%, 48 I've seen with her, but she would win like 80 of those. You don't want to get too low, right, because then you're putting in half of your first serves and now you have to go to the second a little bit more so that's first serves made it's just kind of keep that in mind if i may just make a quick a quick comment there chris i think the thing to understand for the listeners parents um, players out there is it's yeah it's it's not correct or right just to try and make all your first serves if you're just pushing them in because then you're not being effective Um, and certainly what we've seen is that First serve points one is a very good indicator of, uh, of of winning more matches than not, and so um, your first serve you want to be effective. It should be an aggressive shot because you have another chance at it, and there's basically a sweet spot um, for first serves in. And if you make too many, then it's probably not very effective. If you make too few, um, then uh, you know then then you. you it, you don't win enough points. So can you talk about um, from your research and, and I'm aware of it as well of, uh, about where the sweet spot is? And we know that's different for different servers a little bit, but yeah. where in your research is the, is about the right percentage um, of making first serves? Yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. So what I always tell the juniors I work with and even the, the pro that I work with is, and I know this for a fact with her, if she's in between 63 to 65%, she's probably going to win a a higher majority of points. So she, you know, once she's in that range, I would say anything over 60 to be safe. And once you get to 70, unless you're like one of these tall guys, then it could, then you might be putting in too many. What, I mean, what would you say? Yeah, no, spot on, Chris. I mean, the number I have is right around 60%, 62% of first serves in. I think that's, uh, in most instances, proven to be about the, the correct sweet spot. If you're getting down near 50%, you're probably too low. And then there are some exceptional servers. I remember Roddick was a little bit like that, where he could serve around 70% and still be very effective. And obviously, like you mentioned, the taller guys like Opelka and Isner, uh, Del Potro, when he played, uh, they hit down on the ball with, with how tall they are. So they can be up around those numbers and still win a, a really high percentage. But in general, you should be somewhere around 60%. If you're close to that, um, then you're probably very close to the sweet spot of where you should be. 
Great stuff. Yeah, so that's great. And that kind of leads me into the to, to the next point where you start to see maybe a little bit of a difference between in the men, the men's and the women's game. And that's for serve points one. Now, I think on a previous podcast we had talked about, and I'll just use this as, as an example, as I was talking to a friend of mine uh, yesterday and he was commenting on women's tennis and he said it's a totally different game. And I would argue it's actually the same game in terms of uh, how much they're slicing, how hard they're hitting. The men hit just a little bit harder forehands and backhands, how much they're moving the ball. The big difference, like we talked about, is, is the men on average, let's say we use the U.S. Open, they were serving 27 kilometers an hour faster. So that's where the, that to me is if you want to say there's a difference in the men's and women's game, it's it's probably the serve. So if we look at like the top 10 men, John Isner for first serves made, he was number five on the list. But for first serves one this year, he's number one. Kyrgios is seven for first serves made, and he's number two. Like you had mentioned, not, not Kyrgios, but just an efficient serve. Opelka is three on that list. But I, I, he's not in the top 10. But once you get over two meters tall, you can start hitting down on the ball and everyone else, most everyone else, maybe we're hitting up, right? It's totally possible. I've seen Taylor Fritz make 80% first serves and win 80. Like, congrats, man. I wouldn't say you have to bring your first serve percentage down. And I've seen that, and you can see that here with John Isner. Some of these taller guys are able to get away with that. So John Isner was one. He made 81 per, uh, 181% of first serves. On the women's side, you know, remember I used Ashley Barty, who only played 11 matches. This year, she won 79. So let's go. Osaka was two for first serves, one at 76. And uh, this girl, uh, Xin Wen Zhang, or Quinn Wen Zhang, as I call her, she was three at 74% first serve points one. On the men's game, that would put her 25th uh, on the list. So you could see, like, the men are just winning much bigger for serves points one than the, than the women or a little bit bigger. But Ashley Barty, again, like every year that girl was number one uh, for first serves points one. She has a, just a fantastic serve. So any, anything that stands out to you with that? No, they're great stats. I mean, as I read, as I read down your men's list here, I see Isna, Kyrgios, Opelka, Cressy in the top five of first serve one. All of them uh, are tall. Probably Kyrgios is the shortest out of that. And he's probably, what would he be, six foot four maybe? Um, and so, and just one thing I wanted to point out for the, uh, for the listeners that they may not know, um, sports scientist Mark Kovacs told me one time that unless you're six foot seven, um, with a good service action, meaning that you're getting, you know, good reach and, and, and jump in your serve, um, you will actually hit up off the racket. And I think that's a, something that a lot of people do not understand. So the ball will initially go up off your racket when you serve before it shapes down into the service box. And I think uh, a lot of people might question that, but uh, and I certainly did, but... Uh, uh, Mark Kovacs, a sports scientist, is world-renowned for all his work that he's done across a multitude of sports, but especially in tennis. Um, he has told me, and they've done the research to say that you need to be six foot seven with a good solid service action to actually hit straight down on the ball. Otherwise, the, the ball goes up. So, yeah, I mean, great. great. Go ahead, Chris. You had a question? Or a yeah, thought? No, I just want to give a plug uh, to, to any coaches out there, parents, um, for, for again, for Mark Kovacs. If, if you want to learn a little bit more about the serve, uh, he's got plenty of um, resources on YouTube that you can look up. He's outstanding. And I know 
I think both of us have learned to serve from him. He's the best, man. So sometimes I remember this year, a couple of weeks ago, actually, I was watching uh, two two women play, and I ended up taking a video of both of their serves while they're playing, while they're playing and just rotating too early. One girl was from the U.S., so she's right outside 100. The other one was inside 100. And they they have a lot of room for improvement there. Uh, maybe perhaps their coaches aren't working out. Maybe they are. But uh, their serves are pretty unreliable. And one of the girls is actually top 10 for, for serves made. So she's not really doing enough, in my opinion. But anyways, yeah, that just a plug for him. Uh, if we move on to second serve uh, points one, again, Ashley Barty, she won 57%. But the, the next highest was 50 in the women's game uh, with Tatiana Maria. Opelka, he won 65 compared to Barty's 57. So um, if you look on the, the men versus the women, the men can average over 50% points one, and the women are just below that for second uh, second serve points one. So still a little bit of a difference there. Um, let's say if we take a look at Tatiana Maria, who played a full schedule, and a lot of her results, good results, were on grass, which might have helped her. She was at 50% second serves points one. That would put her 58th in the men's game. So, so you can kind of see how the second serve in the men's game is maybe a little bit tougher to attack or, or you know, to, to neutralize. Yeah, absolutely. And I think another thing we need to do, Chris, is um, we need to give credit to the girls' returning skills. Um, I know that the, the serves they're receiving are, are, uh, are slower and perhaps not as as effective as a pure serve. But, I mean, That's a good point. I've, I've said my whole, my whole life, and especially playing mixed doubles when I played, um, the girls return so well. They start clean hitters. Um, they can get the ball close to the net tape. I've seen research that shows that the girls uh, return faster than the guys. Um, so, yes, the guys serve better, and we absolutely need to recognise that. But the girls are incredible returners, and I think that contributes to the fact of why, you know, the huge majority of women win less than 50% on second serve points, whereas the best men certainly win more than 50% on second serve points. But you're right, it's absolutely a difference uh, in the game. Yeah, and, and sometimes too, like I know with me, um, when I played, I felt like it was tough to break me. I felt like I could get to 7-6 with anybody. And I wish I spent more time on the return. Easy there, Chris. Not with anybody, mate. You weren't that good. Yeah, no, I, I feel go, go back and look at my results. Uh, <laughs> it was they were all close. I just couldn't I couldn't play the rest of my game is terrible. But, <laughs> um, so that's something, yeah, the returns, you know, sometimes if, if you know you're gonna hold, you know, you maybe focus on that more and trying to get that one break and you don't spend that time. But yeah. Uh, anyway, so last thing, and then we'll get into a few returns and Serve games won. We've got two Australians at, at number one. Kyrgios won 93% of his serve games. That's amazing. And Ashley Barty won 94. Um, that's it. There's a girl, Samsonova, on the women's tour. She was two for service games one. Just a great service motion. Um, she won 81%, which would put her 34th in the men's game. But again, if you look at the list of serve games won, it's a lot of tall guys, a lot of big servers in there. Um, so I guess that's about it. Oh, I do want to get to this, um, real quick aces per match. So you get uh, like Rybakina would be one for the women. She averages, um, 6.5 a match. John Isner averages 21 a match. 
Uh, if we take Riley Kino, who's one for aces per match for the women, that would put her at, at 26. But, um, you, you know, that just goes back to these are these girls are going for their spots a little bit more, uh, trying to force mistakes. But the, the big thing here, too, to look at, I think it's double faults per match, because I've heard once before, like double faults aren't a bad thing. Um, as long as you, you know, it, it doesn't get to be too many. Right. So, I mean, what, what do you think that means? Double faults aren't a bad thing. Well, I think it means that, um, you know, we, we've talked about having a server's mentality, right? So that means when you're serving, you have the balls in your hand, you have control over that one shot. It's the only time in tennis that you have control. So you want to, you want to try and press that advantage, uh, and, and really take it. And if, if you have a server's mindset, then you are looking to try and take advantage and get ahead with your serve, which means that your aggression will occasionally lead, you know, to a double fault or a few. I think, you know, I, I tell the kids that I coach that everybody double faults occasionally. So it's not the end of the world if you do a double fault. Look up the stats. Federer double faults, Nadal double fault, Djokovic double faults. They all double fault occasionally. It's just a matter of, is the return of on their investment bigger because they're a little more aggressive with the way they serve? And in almost all cases, it is. Um, so if they do three or four double faults in a match, um, that's not too many as long as their aggressive serving is winning them, you know, many points more than that. Um, and that pretty much generally happens. Uh, and so... Yeah, so uh, that's what I say. And you, you, you might be moving the second to the forehand and just not you know, kicking it into the backhand. But I always say once you get to like eight for two sets, you know, make, now we're kind of on the borderline of we're starting to miss too many. And it, yeah, that sounds we're... like too many to me, Chris. I might, yeah, I like might be I, a little earlier than that. <laughs> yeah, like seven or eight. So if you see like for the men's game, Cressy was one for double faults per match. That was eight. And Sabalenka was eight also for the women. But that could also depend. Maybe they played more three setters this year, but I, I know Sabalenka. I, I think people I've seen this year has struggled with the with maybe some double faults this year. Uh, Zverev, uh, he's another one that that's really been had in his career has struggled. He's nine on the list. He's got almost four a match, but yeah, the, it's just something interesting to think about. That double faults aren't always a bad thing, like you were saying. It, but, you know, you just want to monitor how many, you know, if you get too high, then it could be a bad thing. Yeah, and I think, you know, if you're doing one double fault a game, that's a huge disadvantage. So um, that's that's way too much, in my opinion. So it's got to be, you know, I'm usually okay with, you know, if you're doing two a set or something around that, then I think you're okay. If you're serving four, five, six times and you're doing two, then uh, I think that's okay. Um, but if you are getting to the point where you're doing, you know, a double fault a game or close to a double fault a game, you know, that you're basically starting love 15 and you're making it hard um, for yourself. It's interesting, you know, to see your numbers here. Maxime Cressy, eight double faults a match, but in aces, he's at 14.3. So he's a little more than six ahead in that category. Yeah, and he, he really does go after his serve and kind of live or die with that. But he's at a really good year, won a lot of matches. So he's he's willing to play that that kind of risky game a little bit more than some others. Um, and he, he's doing doing quite well. Yeah, a great point. Um, yeah. 
a move like he's hitting two first serves, I mean, as you know. But uh, okay, so now if we get just moving on, get into the like the returns, like you were saying, that you know the women are uh, they do have a higher percentage every year. Halep is uh, one or two for first serve return points. One, some of the other girls, you know, or even guys, if you look at like uh, the the so Halep won forty three percent at number one, and Schwartzman won thirty five percent. So big difference there. Um, 8%, but Nadal and Djokovic, they're always, they're in the top 10. And if you look at where they are serve-wise too, they're way up there. So sometimes you get both, you get the serve and the return. And these guys, you know, that's why they're so good. You look at, let's say Ashley Barty, who was one for, for serve points, uh, for serve points. She's, she was number eight for first return points one. And I think last year too, she might've been top 10. Ansu Bear was nine and does a pretty good job of their serve too. So, um, you know, ideally the, the best players probably have a little bit of both, I think. Yeah, no question. I've actually looked at the ATP lists quite a bit recently for a, an analytics um, project that I was working on. Um, and it's interesting. You look at the very best players, the Djokovic, Nadal, the Federer when he was still playing, Alcaraz, um, they're pretty high in both categories, as in the serve category and the return category. Yeah. And then, you know, you got some other guys, you know, like Opelka, Isna, um, and those guys are obviously very high in the serve category, but they're all the way at the bottom in the return category. So it is a game, yes, of serving and returning. You've got to be able to do both well. And if you're exceptional, unbelievable at one, then absolutely you're going to have success and you're going to, do well the way that those really tall guys are going. Um, but they haven't quite managed to get, you know, all the way up into sort of uh, vying for Grand Slams yet, and that's largely because of their return games, um, not obviously because of their serve games. So if those guys could elevate and get away from the bottom few in their returns, then they could go, you know, an Isner and Opelka, they could go from being 15-20 in the world to you know, top 10 in the world and actually uh, really competing for a, for a Grand Slam um, title. So we'll see if those guys can improve on their return stats in the coming years. Yeah, and then that's great. And that kind of ties into what we talked about on a previous podcast is when you look at the men and women, what are some of the most important stats? And for the men, it was actually re- total return points won. I, I feel like in the men's game, a lot of these guys are big servers. They ever, almost everyone can serve pretty well. So to, especially to focus on getting the returns going a little more, a little more work there could really pay off. Um, so last thing here, and then maybe we can get into the match counts and all that. But if we look at second serve return points one, and I think this is interesting. So number one is Djokovic, and he won 56%. And you have Nadal at three, who's won 55% of, of second serve return points one. Two different styles. You know, Nadal might play back a little more and Djokovic might play a little, maybe a little more aggressive. Andy Murray, who I think is probably the best second serve returner, he was seven this year and Alcaraz was six. But Medvedev was five. There's another one that he's been changing his position where he's returning, but sometimes he can be pretty far back. So I just thought that was interesting to see that, you know, some people will attack the second and some will let him maybe play them a little more, but there's, I mean, they're doing something right. Cause I would always think like, let's say uh, I'll use Caroline Garcia. So I really think she's made a, a conscious effort this year 
to really play inside the court and put a lot of pressure on her and almost to the point where it's, it looks ridiculous. Like she looks like half of them, not half, but I've seen some where she's like sabering the ball. And, and, and I think like in her mind, and I want to put pressure on these girls. So I just wanted to kind of see how that paid off for, for her this year. Um, so if you look at the women, number one for second serve return points was 61 for Iga Swiatek. Halep, who's always like one or two, she was 60%. Now Iga might run around and attack with her forehand. She does stand in a little bit and goes after it. And then Halep, she's going to hop in place, let the ball come to her. And then, but she does a great job, you know, just doing, not going really too much after it, in my opinion. But then you got Garcia, who's like way in and, she she ended up winning 50%, which would put her down at like maybe, uh, I think she was like 17th on the list. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if that's, if they've looked at that, if that's a gamble for her willing to take. But again, if you look at Garcia, it's the same thing I was talking about with like, a, with, with myself and you made fun of me and is maybe Garcia is like one of the best servers. So there's not as much pressure on her that I need to break. If, you know, she's already gotten one break or cause she's, she's an unreal server. So I don't know, maybe, maybe that's why the number is a little bit lower because she's really going after it. What do you, I mean, any thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I agree. Garcia is absolutely standing very close, trying to put pressure on the server. Um, I'm, again, like she can afford to because she's doing well with her serve. I mean, when, when I talked about, you know, Isner or Cressy or Opelka, um, those guys are down at, you know, 75 in the returns and they're a top five in serving. If Garcia's top 10 in serving or top five in serving and she's 17 in returning, then she's pretty doing pretty well in both of those. So I think that's yeah. a good point you make. And just... A couple of things that occur to me there, Chris. One is um, really know what your game style is. You know, we talk about Halep. She goes a little bit further back. She lets the ball come to her. She knows that she's going to make a really high percentage of returns and then she's going to use her legs and her fitness and her game style to win more points, whereas Garcia's clearly taking the ball on. She's putting applying more pressure. She wants to play first strike. She doesn't move as well. So if you're at home, then think about what's my game style and what does it suit me to do? Am I going to stand up early or am I, or am I going to stand back and give myself a bit more time? Um, um, and then the, just the last stat you've got here as far as return goes is I think, you know, huge differential. Swiatek number one in return games one at 49%, meaning she's breaking basically one out of every two games. And the number 10 on the women's list is, still, is breaking 41% of the time Whereas on the men's list, the number one is Nadal, the number two is Alcaraz, and they're at 33 and 32%. So it just shows you in the women's game how much more they're breaking serve, how well they return, uh, and perhaps how dominant the, the serve is again in men. Very good, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I, I think we're running out of time. So if you want to finish up with, like, the the, the wins and losses this year and, you know, from the men and the women. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought this was incredible research for you, uh, from you, and I think that this is something that everyone should listen to and, and, and take note of. Um, you know, you took the men and the women and, and you looked at the average age, the average number of tournaments they played, uh, and then how many wins and losses they had, what their percentage was. And so if you look at the, at the top 100, the average age for men is 27 
in the women, the average age is 26. So let me say that again, 27 for men, 26 for women. So all those juniors um, that are in a hurry to be top 100, um, slow down. It's not easy. It's difficult. That's why not everyone is there. Um, keep working at your game. Keep working at your improvement. Take those training blocks to get better as a tennis player and try not to stress over the number that's next to your name at the age of 18, 19, 20, 21. Um, you're still early in your career at those ages. Um, and then, you know, when you look at top 50, the, the ages are 26 for men, 27 for women. And then top 10, they're a little bit younger, 25 for men, 26 for women. Um, average number of tournaments, um, there was no number that was higher than 24. So that means that the top 100 players, men and women, are playing between 20 and 24 tournaments a year. That means that they are taking time for training blocks, preparing their games and their bodies and their minds. And then when they're going to tournaments, they're putting themselves in the best position to have success. So I thought that was outstanding. And then the, uh, the win percentages, uh, top 100, men 59%, women 60%. Top 50, men 62%, women 63%. And then top 10, the men were 74% and the women were 70%. So even the people who are top 10 in the world are losing, you know, three out of every 10 matches, two and a half out of every 10 matches. So again, tennis is not a sport of perfection. Uh, and remember, these players have unbelievable competition in the top 100. So at that stage, winning 60% of your matches is putting you in the top 100. Um, but remember, if, if you remember from our podcast a couple of weeks ago, uh, we were recommending a, a win ratio of around 66%, 70%. And I think that's achievable in the juniors if you schedule appropriately. Uh, but those are the numbers for the pros. Um, Chris, last thoughts on those numbers and we've got to sign off, mate. Yeah, no, I think that's great. Uh, you know, maybe challenge yourself. Uh, you know, if you're, you're winning, you know, 74% in the juniors, at the junior level, it's maybe time to, to move up and play play some ITFs too. And, you know, you don't want to be too high, but you also don't want to be too low. It, winning matches, there's no replacement for that. So just, you know, keep an eye on that. Yeah. Chris, fantastic research. Thanks for your time, bud. It was incredible. Yeah, always fun. Thanks a lot, Stephen. Yeah, I hope uh, everyone, all the listeners have taken something from today. And, uh, yeah, thanks, uh, thanks for the podcast and uh, enjoy your tennis, everybody. The First Serve is your home of tennis at thefirstserve.com.au. Log on to find out all the details of our live radio show, other podcasts, read weekly features by our team of writers and follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91